All right, we've reached the second half of Main Street Sports today. Coming up, a little baseball conversation inching closer and closer to opening day. We'll also be joined by Belmont men's basketball coach Casey Alexander and the realignment tracker. Oh, boy, it's moving. Wild and Wacky Wednesday as well. It's all straight ahead. Second half action on this hump day edition of Main Street Sports today. Back to the Zany Boys Mo and Chris. The zany ones. That's right. That's us. Welcome back into this Main Street Sports today. And, okay, so the Atlanta Braves had a pretty good offseason, if you ask me. But what if we ask the experts, Mo? <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Because um, there was an article over the weekend, I think it was Anthony Castrovince of MLB. Hopefully I didn't delete it. Well, I, oh, I was looking here we at go. Jim Bowden from The Athletic. But okay, well, I'm looking at it. Um, let's see what they say. Who won the winter? Six teams with the best moves. Okay, go for it. This was um, on Friday by Anthony Castrovince. Out of 30. Six out of 30. Six out of 30. Number five, the Atlanta Braves. Go ahead and shed a tear for the loss of Freddie Freeman. You don't have to be a Braves fan to appreciate what he meant to this organization and city. He was a model of durability and dependability and a good citizen. But if you're going to lose one of the game's elite first basemen, replacing him with another elite first baseman who is five years younger is a beautiful plan B. It's a heck of a plan B. Um, and I had screenshotted this actually to send it to you, so I don't have the rest of this. But That's um, okay. It says, you know, the Braves took advantage of their rich farm system to land Matt Olson, and the reasonable terms of his extension made it manageable to bring back Eddie Rosario. And that's kind of where this screenshot cuts off. But well, everything else that happened after that. Jim Bowden gives him, gives the Braves an A. Course for acquiring what else you gonna give them? Well, an A plus, I guess. Um <laughs> acquiring Matt Olson and uh acquired Jay Jackson for a player to be named Jay Jackson for a player to be named later. Obviously signed Kenley Jansen, Eddie Rosario, Colin McHugh. I think they got Jay Jackson before the lockout. They did. From the Giants. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um Manny Pena, Kirby Yates, Tyler Thornburg. And Alex Dickerson are the free agents they signed. They extended Olsen for eight years, 168. And, of course, Charlie Morton for that $20 million contract this year. Basically said they get Ozuna back, they get Acuna back, and this is going to be a really good uh, Braves team. But also it's going to be a really good division, so good luck is basically what he said. And that's gave, fine. Gave the Miami Marlins a B plus, the New York Mets an A. The Phillies a B plus. The Nationals a C minus. But I mean, the Nationals have kind of have kind of said, "Look, we're going into full rebuild mode mm-hmm. at this point." Where whereas the Phillies Mets have kind of said, "We want to win now," and the Marlins are quietly putting together a few pieces around that young starting rotation again and you said it a couple of weeks ago but it it bears repeating i think the marlins are the team that concern me the most in the nl east as a braves fan yep just because 
and it may be foolhardy on my part, but I feel like the Mets and the Phillies will figure out some kind of way to screw it up. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, I saw a I saw a tweet today from uh, I think it was Fox Sports Braves that um or Bally Sports Braves. Sorry, not Fox Sports. No, Braves not, not Fox Sports. No. <laughs> the steamer projections. Steamer projections. For the top three starters for the Atlanta Braves, Max Freed projected to pitch 185 innings, 394 ERA. Charlie Morton, 169 with a 376 ERA. Ian Anderson, 166 innings with a 4.47. I was going to ask if if, if if he's sub four, you can cancel Christmas, but he's not. Well, but still, and, and, for a second year full time starter, that's which, not. But which of those would be the most likely to outperform? That? Who's most likely to outperform those projections? I could see Charlie Morton throwing more than 169 innings. And what's that ERA projected at? Three what? Uh, Charlie Morton's mm-hmm. three seven six, lower than Max Fried's three nine four. Yeah, with fewer innings. I um, I don't know if he's going to come in at lower than three seven six, but I I think he's going to throw more than one hundred sixty nine innings. So. Well, if today's spring training game is any indication, the four four six number for Ian Anderson is a yes. little little low. <laughs> <laughs> he threw two innings, gave up six earned runs on seven hits, and uh, hey, walked three, struck out four with a ten point eight ERA for hey, the day. Get it out now. I mean, again, spring training is all about working on pitches that you aren't comfortable with necessarily, mm-hmm. right? You don't know these hitters. You've not studied these hitters. This is not – spring training is not what you want to see. from Pitching is about working your arm and getting your arm and working on some pitches that you want to develop. <laughs> it's not about going out there and dominating. So uh, – I, I, And to your point, I feel like Ian Anderson will be ready when the time comes. Absolutely he will be. So I'm not real worried about it. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. uh, projection. I think all three of them will probably outperform that ERA number. So – uh, real quick, the Titans, I don't know if they are entertaining an offer, but there has been some discussion about, uh, AJ Brown potentially and the New York Jets that essentially this coming from, um, an NFL insider or whatever you want to call it. Uh, saying that the, the the Titans could get picks number ten and number sixty nine, and I'm not sure that two picks is enough. This is from Chad Forbes of NFL Draft Bites. Jets receive AJ Brown. Titans receive picks ten and sixty nine. No, why would you do that? That that makes no sense whatsoever. One guy said, "So the plan is to lose AJ Brown, get worse at quarterback, and waste the rest of Henry's prime." No, thank you. 
We get calls about players all the time. That's what GMs do. I haven't received any of those calls. And if they do call, our intention is, AJ, we are going to keep him in Nashville. He is an important part of our offense. (laughs) There you go. And I just don't see a scenario where A.J. Brown is not a Tennessee Titan in 2022 and beyond. For a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, A.J. Brown does have a camp scheduled at Montgomery Bell Academy on uh, June 18th, but I hope he's careful because the last time that he held some camp work at NBA, they were trying to kick us out of the league. Remember the COVID issue? (laughs) Him and Danny Hill and... (laughs) couple of those other guys were out at NBA running rounds. <laughs> and, and the rest of the league wanted to kick the Titans out and suspend them and forfeits and all this. They won coming out of that, though, didn't they? <laughs> no, that was in the, I mean, it it was in the summer. I thought they did something over at NBA before a game that they won here during COVID. Oh, I just thought it was funny. So, AJ's going to be a Titan. Don't, yeah. eh, don't worry, Titans fans. Let's... Uh, Let's move on. We've got a great guest waiting for us. It's Casey Alexander, the Belmont men's basketball coach. So stick here on Main Street Sports Today. We'll be back after this. folks while we take a quick break from the show i want to tell you about our friends over at custom stone handlers in downtown columbia ed rich and his team at custom stone handlers believe in leadership and outside of the military our greatest leader building platform is sports custom stone handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game you can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go tour their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's designeagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck, yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back into Main Street Sports Today. Speaking of highschoolofficials.com, we'll have Bernard Childress on the show tomorrow. We plan to have Bernard Childress on the show. We, we have tomorrow. scheduled the, the coach. Yes. <laughs> Ho- hopefully that will come to fruition. Because it's been a while since we've had him on. That's right. So Tito We've got some things we need to catch up on. No doubt. <laughs> including high school officials. So anyway, we will hopefully talk to 
Tito Bustle, executive director tomorrow. Today, though, we will talk with Belmont men's basketball coach Casey Alexander, whose program is getting ready to end one era and begin another and looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Coach, how are you? How, how's offseason been treating you? Hey, I'm great. Uh, offseason is underway. Guys are in the gym right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, and I have a lot of I have a lot of opinions on on officials. By the way, if you need if you need my opinions, <laughs> I, you're the reason why well, we're short officials, Coach Alexander. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of respect for those guys, man. They work hard, and uh, man, they take a beating. That they do, they do take a beating. Now, some of those we, beatings we are do. deserved. We but, do. We do take beatings, Mo. Speak for yourself. No, <laughs> nobody beats me. Not for the, long, anyway. Even at the 10U level, Coach. It, it's, it's rough out there for us. <laughs> Casey, um, there's a lot we could talk to you about, but as Chris alluded, one of the things that we have to talk to you about, um, there will be a different letter in Belmont's conference affiliation next year going from the OVC to the MVC. Um, how excited are you about going to, as they refer to it, the Valley? Right. Yeah, excited. You know, I mean, I think it's a great step for Belmont. Uh, certainly a new challenge for all of our teams. But, uh, you know, men's basketball has a, have a, has a tougher row to hoe, um, without a doubt. It's going to be um, a real challenge. Uh, that league got a ton of tradition. Uh, second oldest league in the country. You know, a lot of teams. Six, since the year 2000, they've had six different schools go to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, a lot of success. I think, I think the league has won 12 out of its last 14 first-round games in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, a lot of schools that are committed to winning, and, and we'll have to get better, but I think we can do it. Yeah, you know, going from the OVC, which has been over the last – five or six years, a really good basketball conference. I mean, when you think of the likes of Murray State and what Jacksonville did a couple of years ago, and, I mean, the, the OVC, Austin P as well, I think it's it's a good conference, but the Missouri Valley is a lot different and going into a whole different area of the country to the Bradleys and the Drakes and you know that sort of thing, Northern Iowa, et cetera, Creighton. Uh, it gets a little crazy. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, and that's part of the change. I mean, the OVC for us has been great. It's been largely a bus league. Well, it has been entirely a bus league, but <laughs> largely on the same day. Literally, a lot of our games we just drive up and back the same way the high schools do it. So. Uh, we won't have that luxury anymore. Uh, you know, I think the biggest difference, the OVC is a great league. Uh, there are no bad ones. I mean, Division One basketball is tough. Uh, but I think the commitment level from the top of the league to the bottom of the league in the Missouri Valley is where we'll see the biggest differences. Uh, you know, just the competitiveness of each team in the league and much more difficult to win road games, for example. So, um, so yeah, we got a lot to learn, and uh, travel will be a big part of that. And we'll We'll take charter flights on occasion for the first time ever in our history. Um, you know, naturally, the you know the budgets and so forth will have to be expand, uh, expanded to, to a significant degree. So, 
lot of changes on the horizon. I'm fascinated, Casey, as I look at the makeup of the Missouri Valley Conference. As again, Chris Chris mentioned some of the teams, but you know, Northern Iowa, Missouri State, Drake, Loyola, Bradley, Southern Illinois, Valpo, Illinois State, Indiana State, and Evansville. Um, I mean, your fans are going to have to become familiar with a lot of these teams because obviously you've not seen them. Um, does that bring excitement? Does that dull things down because of that lack of familiarity? Well, I'd say a little of both. I mean, newness is always good. You know, a fresh perspective and new teams coming into the Curb Event Center. You know, and I think they'll quickly see. I think everybody wants to see good teams and better basketball. So I think they'll see that the product on a on a daily basis is worth coming for. You know, but there is a learning curve uh, with new players, coaches, teams, styles, rivalries that sort of thing. One of the reasons why, you know, Murray State going into the Missouri Valley with us will be helpful. We, we maintain that rivalry and that connection, uh, you know, so we, we keep things the same to some degree, at least as, as far as our, you know, most notable opponent. Uh, but we've got some, some new ones on the horizon as well. Well, you know, and that was going to be part of my next question was how important was it for Murray State to continue uh to be in that that conference with you because you guys have I mean you guys have been the class of the Ohio Valley Conference for years and years and you know it's that is that's been the rivalry for a long time so it, it kind of being able to keep that has to be a positive for you guys and, and you know obviously keeping somebody at least somebody nearby <laughs> close yeah, close no, enough yeah, anyway and, and yeah, and there's some, you know, there are some schools. I mean, you know, Evansville's only two and a half hours away. Southern Illinois is only three hours or so away. Indiana State's only three and a half hours away. You know, so there's there's some that are still drivable and bus distance, and you know, and, and by conference standards, definitely close. You know, it's just we've got some some farther away than we're used to as well. But you know, Murray is, you know, Murray has been a great rival since Belmont joined the OVC ten years ago. Uh, that's been a great rivalry. We've one of us has finished first in the league every one of those 10 years. Belmont finished seven. No, Belmont has finished first seven of those 10 years and Murray the other three. Uh, one of us has won the conference tournament, I think, eight out of those 10 years. Uh, you know, a lot of great head-to-head games. So it, it was great that it worked out that way. When we made the move back in the summer, uh, Murray State wasn't even on the radar. So it really, we made the move without any thought or concern of whether or not they would be going with us. Um, but as it turns out, um, due to Loyola Chicago leaving and going to the A-10, Murray was able to grab that last spot, as well as University of Illinois Chicago. We'll, we'll be the three new members. One member going out, Loyola Chicago, and then and Illinois Chicago, Murray State, someone coming in. Interesting. Speaking of change, though, Coach, it's not just the teams and and schedule that will change that roster of yours is certainly going to be a little different as you lose five graduate students, including Moose and Grayson Murphy. In in fact, Casey, when, when Chris was saying the, the end of an era, I was <laughs> less thinking about the conference move. And I was more thinking about former <laughs> independence guard, Grayson Murphy, finally stepping out of the program. I mean, that's, um, that, that young man has been able to get a lot done during his career at Belmont. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, and the timing for us going to the Valley is 
is not good as far as uh, what we're losing and having to, you know, having to replace those guys. I wish um, I wish we would have been lined up a little bit better. But yeah, five seniors, um, all fifth year guys. All of them will, all of them graduated last May, and they'll all have their MBA at the end of this summer. You know, so highly accomplished guys and guys that have added a lot to the program. And you know, none of them more than Nate Uzinski and Grayson Murphy. Those two guys. Between the two of them, I guess they have seven all-conference honors. Grayson was the defensive player of the year two different times. Um, you know, so they've given a lot to this program. And, and they're not going to be replaced. I mean, we'll have to find another way to be good because we're not going to have anybody as good as either one of those guys next year. Well, I think everybody in this room, Casey, has signed off on at least one of your incoming freshmen because Jacoby Gillespie mm. is special. Talk about a steal. Yeah, we're excited about it. Um, you know, he, he had an unbelievable senior year. He's had an unbelievable high school career. I mean, you look at what Greenville's done, you know, on the gridiron the last two years. Um, came up a little short this year, but had a heck of a team and season. And then back-to-back state championships. And he's he's clearly been the leader of both of those teams. He's a special athlete. He's a great kid. Um, you know, and, and we fully expect him to come in here and – make a difference right away. Um, that's our expectation. It, it doesn't always happen just quite as easily as you think it should, but, but he's got all the talent, and um, we're really excited about him. Former Brentwood Academy quarterback Casey Alexander likes those multi-sport guys. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's right. I've told a lot of people, Mo, over the years, that probably my biggest claim to fame is being Brentwood Academy's worst quarterback <laughs> of all time. You know, <laughs> I think that might be me. <laughs> we had some great teams. We had some great teams, but um, but that's about all I can say for my quarterback. Well, I, I will say this, Casey. If that is accurate, it's only by, you know, by elimination because they had so many studs at that spot. And I, and I, I would not say that, but, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll let you self-assess anyway. Um, <laughs> shifting gears. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, what do you think about this Final Four? I mean, for all of the expected unpredictability of this NCAA tournament, the teams that you've got in New Orleans for the Final Four are completely expected and and totally unexpected at the same time almost. No, I totally agree. I mean, you you know, you think about – you know, three traditional blue bloods in Duke and Carolina and Kansas, and then Villanova has been as good as any program in the country over the last ten years. And so, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's not any surprise at all that they could find themselves in the Final Four. But, you know, I and I think we had seven members, maybe of our family, my immediate family, my brothers and friends, whatever, fill out brackets, and literally not one of us had any of these four teams in the Final Four. So, and you know, and uh, it's, it's and funny. That, that tells you a little bit about our, yeah, about you know our intellects, but at the same time, it's just you know everybody likes Gonzaga, everybody likes you know Arizona, and then you had the Purdue's and the Auburns and the Iowas and a lot of teams out there that that looked better positioned for a Final Four run than these guys did, but here they are. Well, we, we talked to Joe Rexroad. Uh, earlier this week and you know this is the most blue blood final four in the history of time and yet and nobody, nobody expected it, it. <laughs> that's yeah, so crazy really yeah and of course retro probably he probably had michigan state coming out of his season you know, he probably <laughs> you know had he did. four times you know 
<laughs> and Michigan losing in the first round for sure. Wow. There you uh, go. Hey, Coach, I, I wanted to, you know, I just, I was looking at his roster earlier and, and I scrolled down to the coaches and I actually have a, a, a little connection to Belmont. I didn't realize this. And we were talking about officials earlier, Coach. I used to be a, a high school official in Alabama. The first foul I ever called, ever, was on Mick Hedgespeth when he was playing at Crossville. Crossville so high school. That was yeah. the first. Yeah. It, it was one of those those summer camps where you're learning how to do what you're supposed to do. And <laughs> first foul I ever called was on Mick. He he was a you know all state guy, and I didn't know yeah. who he was. I just saw the six foot eight guy with his feet about seven feet wide on a screen and i said nope that's too wide for a screen so we're moving we're going the other direction <laughs> he was pretty upset <laughs> and i'm He's sure he remembers it. there and for us uh, <laughs> but uh yeah hey you know what if you're gonna cut your teeth on officiating i'd say crossville alabama's a good place to start ain't no doubt because <laughs> nobody nobody else is there uh coach we appreciate your time as always and and looking forward to watching the new era start the in the valley and uh, with this new look program, without Grayson Murphy and Moose and Caleb Hollander and a lot of great ball players moving on, but I know you got uh, several coming in, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Belmont's been a good program for a long time, so our plan is to keep it that way. But I appreciate you guys. I've enjoyed it. All right, Casey Alexander, Belmont men's basketball coach here on Main Street Sports today. Again, they're not the only conference that's going to look a lot different. Obviously, Belmont, Bradley, Duke, or Drake, not Duke, goodness, Evansville. That would be interesting. <laughs> Wouldn't it? You know, but some of these, some of these, this area, Evansville, Illinois State, Indiana State, Missouri State even, that's not too far away from eastern Illinois, you know, southern Illinois, Edwardsville, mm-hmm. uh, SEMO. It's not entirely crazy. You're just, just going a little bit farther yeah, northwest. Yeah, yeah. When you get into the northern Iowa's, the you know, uh the Bradleys and the Drakes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you also gotta go to play the Sycamores of Indiana State, home of one Larry Bird. It's gonna be interesting. Like I said, um the different teams that are gonna be coming in here. To play Belmont, Uh, it's just going to be different for these fans. I think instead of seeing who the heck is Bradley, Mm -hmm. Bradley who? Yeah. Does anybody know what Bradley's mascot is? The Braves. Oh, they're they're (laughs) asking that. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Who do we beat this week? Beat beat the the what? (laughs) But I am a Braves fan. The the Bears. (laughs) I mean, yeah. For Missouri State, mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's interesting. And then, you know, other conferences that we talk about a lot here, obviously Conference USA is going to look a lot different with uh, FIU, Jacksonville State, Liberty, and uh, New Mexico State and Sam Houston joining the conference uh, for, for basketball. A-Sun. Coming out of – yeah, the A-Sun is going to look entirely different with Austin P heading over there to join Eastern Kentucky and Lipscomb. North Alabama, obviously, still in that. And then, I mean, it, it's it's truly going to be unique because, you know, when you when you think about Conference USA and the – they're only going to have like 
I think nine or ten teams. They're going from fourteen or fifteen to nine. So it's they got rated. They did get rated, and and it it feels like I don't care what anybody says. It just feels like they were completely and totally unprepared for it. I think they thought they were in a good place, and 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 I think that's the problem <laughs> when you think you're in a good place. I mean, there's a real good chance that you're not. Yeah, the unfortunate part was that the American Conference was able to get teams like UTSA and North Texas to move, and Rice. You know, all those Texas schools that you thought weren't going anywhere went. All went. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was having a conversation on Facebook. Um, not only was Conference USA unprepared, but it, it feels like to me that Western and Middle were unprepared as well. I, I mean, Western wasn't necessarily unprepared. The problem was that there, they, there, there was, was an all or nothing situation yeah. there. And yeah. And I don't think, I think Middle was, Middle was saying, listen, we're about to spend all our money on this new upgrade building project. Yeah, we we can. can't pay exit fees right now. And it just was bad timing. Yeah. It wasn't they were necessarily unprepared. It was just bad timing for middle. And the unfortunate well, part is I that, mean okay. What exit fees are Marshall and Old Dominion and who are are they paying any exit fees? It doesn't I, sound like I don't it. know. That's a great question. We just we don't know the answer to that. Jacksonville State hasn't paid anybody. Yeah. So yeah, they've left two conferences <laughs> and, and yet to write a check. <laughs> it says so much, doesn't it, Mo? Yeah, you like, just right. Dip out. Yeah, it's like come get it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shoot. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, but here's the thing: is Western and middle are in good spots. I mean, yeah, it kind of stinks to to be playing FIU and Liberty and La Tech, but then you think about it and you go, now, don't get me wrong, Sam Houston is a good football team. But they were a good FCS team. I'm just looking. How does that transfer? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. MTSU New Mexico softball series out at Las Cruces or wherever NMSU is. My guess, my guess is you would play New Mexico State and UTEP on one trip, right? I'd hope. Just make it a week. Make a week of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what I would do. But I don't know. It's gonna the this conference and or, or even worse, New Mexico FIU, New Mexico State. Excuse me, FIU. Yeah. It's something. Huh? That's what Conference USA was trying to do from the start. And it didn't work. Whatever. Mm. They had to have somebody to pair up with UTEP, though. UTEP was just kind of stuck Out on there. an island. So. Well, now FIU's on an island. I mean, once you get past. Which is. Cup. I don't think that Conference USA thought FAU and FIU or. I don't think it would be either or. I think they thought at least one of them or both of them or neither of them would leave. Right. And yet. They did split up. So I mean, who who is the next closest school in this conference to FIU? Jacksonville State, probably. Yeah. Man, that's I ugly. mean, it's yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and it's not well, maybe La Tech, 
but that's only because they're in a different direction. If you, as a crow flies, it's definitely LaTeX, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's anyway, bad. let's get to Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming at you right next on Main Street Sports Today. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller bring you all the latest in sports from Robertson and Montgomery counties on the Main Street uh, North Podcast. It's the MSP North Podcast. It airs live Thursdays at 1. We do a talk about high school sports and beyond this week. Brady and Blaine welcome Clarksville Academy baseball coach Dustin Smith and Springfield softball coach Daniel Owsley. What's live on Main Street Media Social Media? That's right, Main Street Media, social media platforms, or listen to the podcast on your podcast distribution platform of choice. That's the MSP North Podcast with Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller. Subscribe today. Welcome back in. It is Main Street Sports Today. Time for Wild and Wacky. Wednesday, where we give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. If you would like to sponsor this segment, we would love to have you do so. Um, always a good time to talk about Florida men and Florida women, and <laughs> uh, you never know what you're going to get. Um, today, we start in Kentucky where a Kentucky hotel has a unique um, I don't I don't even know if this is like something exciting when you go to the hotels and you, you got to pay the pet fee because you maybe bring your dog or with you or whatever like that's 
That's interesting, right? I mean, you want to bring your pets because they're part of your family. Sure. Well done that. Visit LEX, the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Lexington, teamed up with Elwood Hotel and Suites to offer a special set of amenities to guests traveling with their houseplants. Houseplants. Yeah, bring your houseplants. The world's first pet plant-friendly hotel experience. Hey, it's my kind of place. I, what are you doing? Who is taking their houseplants on vacation? Oh, you vacation? totally missed that? It's my kind of place? Bring it, bringing your plants. Ah, ah, man! J- wow, JP plant. Okay. Last name. Sorry. <laughs> that yeah, that one went right Woo! over my head. Well done. <laughs> um, that was that was a good joke. My kind of place. Yeah. Except yeah. Yeah. I, I was. N- I wasn't ready. I, I really wasn't. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. Those yeah. are the best ones, I guess. Um, right. Was, Sorry. Was continue. Good. Travel with your house plants. The Gardener's Premier Corner Room <laughs> Package for six King Suites, specially chosen for their abundance of plant-friendly natural light. Okay. I'd rather bring natural light than my plants. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I Look. I guess I just never would have thought that special accommodations had to be made necessary. for plants. I mean... How many people are traveling with their plants? Clearly enough... That, it, that something had to be done. In right? Kentucky, at least. Oh, well. I, I mean, <laughs> Kentucky is... Mm. Well, you know, you know, maybe these people don't have anyone that can come water their plants while they're gone. So you got to bring them with you. You don't want them to die. You don't want them to die. That maybe, is I mean, true. you know, it's... It's actually not a bad... Yeah, I mean, if... You know, you don't have anybody that can go check on them. You bring them with you. Yeah, there you go. I need a room with a with a, a northern light. I don't know the northern sun, the southern sun. What it depends on the plant, but no idea. This place accommodates you. Northern light, natural light. Yeah, whatever. Especially chosen for natural so, light. Like it. Backstory: Sarah orders something off of Etsy. It gets sent to. She puts in the right address, Columbia, Tennessee, three eight four zero one. The woman puts on the on on the the package, Columbia, Tennessee, three eight four zero one. Where does it go? Columbia, South Carolina. Cookville, three eight five zero one. Okay. Apparently, it got mixed up at the uh, the distribution center in Nashville. So somebody out there's got a Mm-mm. bubble outfit with strawberries monogrammed on it that. Would fit Charlie right now. Somebody in Cookville. <laughs> I wish we knew who it was because I would have gotten Chip to bring it back yesterday. But there you go. Not. Um, an Illinois woman said more than 15 pairs of really, 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 three reallys tacky shoes have been mistakenly <laughs> delivered to her home over the course mm. of a year. Uh, Oak Park, Illinois resident said shoes starting being delivered to her home by UPS a year ago. Between 15 and 20 pairs have since arrived, and they're really Whoa. funny. Is somebody pranking her? I, I, I don't know. Um, she said she returned one box of shoes to a UPS store, explained the whole thing, and um, she understood, and she took them back, and then four days later, they came back in the mail. <laughs> <So> <laughs> okay. They were supposed to have been returned to Amazon, so apparently 
her address is close enough to the Amazon return address. Ooh, that's dangerous. And so <laughs> she's just getting random stuff. That is dangerous. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, <laughs> it's an, a vendor, a vendor, an Amazon vendor out of China, and the vendor's return label bears the word Simone and an address on Elm Street in Chicago. The address is not a return center, so a UPS attempt to correct the address error led them to being sent to Simone in Oak Park. That's. If you were going to get something randomly at your house, would what would you hope it was? Something I could use. Bourbon. Bourbon would be nice. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Yeah. Even if it was not great bourbon, I would take yeah, it. Yeah. Free bourbon's better than no bourbon. There you go. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll we'll end the day. We're not going to go to Florida man. We're not going to go to Florida woman. We're going to go. We're going to go to Florida duck. Ah. Oh. Whack. <laughs> A Florida hospital's labor and delivery center welcomed an unusual delivery when the mother duck hatched her eggs in the facility's courtyard. <laughs> at least she knew where to go. Maybe they, maybe the duck thought uh, they were at the Peabody Hotel. <laughs> Must have. Baptist Medical Center Beaches in Jacksonville Beach said in a Facebook post, the staff escorted the mother duck and her 10 ducklings through the building after the eggs hatched. In the deliveries fenced in courtyard, the delivery centers that the ducks had to walk through the building to get out of the courtyard, which does not have an exit to the outside. We're still quacking up over this story. Wow. That's, wow. That's, that's a lot of beef over fish right there. <laughs> right. I wasn't, I mean, anyway, I, that's a, that's interesting though. I mean, that, how'd the ducks get in? Did the duck fly in? How did the duck get into the courtyard? If there's no exit, there's no entrance. Into the courtyard? Yeah. Snuck in. Ducked in? I don't know. It reminds me of one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg. Waddled in? Nice. Uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes about the feeding ducks from Subway. And he goes to Subway and orders a sandwich. And he's like, no, it's for a duck. And then... It, so he was like, oh, well, then it's free. And he said, I didn't know ducks eat for free at Subway. Mm. If I had known that, I would have ordered a much larger sub. <laughs> mm. so, anyway. Yeah, that's a good one to go out on. Florida ducks. Gotta love them. Mm. Mm. Come mm. back tomorrow. We have, hopefully, we have scheduled Bernard Childress and Kevin Ingram. Kevin Ingram. Of Vanderbilt Radio, Radio fame. As we continue to get ready for this Huge weekend series. Weekend series with top-ranked Tennessee. After their 7-1 win over Lipscomb. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt won 7-1 over Lipscomb. Yep. And Tennessee is playing, playing today. Against Western Carolina. Western Carolina. And they get Lipscomb next week. So. Okay. Softball. Lipscomb is at Tennessee today in softball, though. So. Hmm. It's. There we go. It's all intermingled. There we go. Intertwined. All right. It's going to be a good show tomorrow. Thanks to Heather and Casey for hanging out with us today. And tomorrow should be a great show. So come back 2 o'clock. We'll be right here on Main Street Sports Today. Mm-hmm.